All right, gym owners. This week, we're going to talk about, we, we, we kind of cover a lot of things that you guys do well, uh, often, kind of, a little bit. Sometimes we get, come on here and we end up shitting on stuff and, and, and shitting on gyms out there that kind of do poorly. But we want to say, we want to open this episode by saying that a lot of the gyms, specifically the ones that we work with, the ones we're interested in working with, mm-hmm. are the ones that do a good job and actually give a shit first and foremost they like care about serving their clients they they are good coaches they do build great communities or at least if they're not a group or community focused gym that they do have an impact in their local community run a nice facility that fits the expectation of their clients like if you're a gym owner and you do that i want to make sure that you pay attention to this episode because even gyms that do well can improve on a lot of these things that we're going to touch here, which is like kind of the lowest hanging fruit, the most consistent things that we see even good gyms suck at. Even people where they are fundamentally good at their craft are still almost like leaving a lot of opportunity, money, opportunity to impact their community, and uh, just leaving a lot of that on the table. So we're going to cover kind of the lowest hanging fruit of how to make a good gym better on this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. And if your gym sucks... It's a bad gym and you're broke and your clients hate you too. These things will help you as well. Okay. So if you're struggling, this will make a bad gym better too. So let's get started. Before we start, make sure you get in the Facebook group, uh, the Gym Owners Revolution. Links in the description. If you want to work with John and I, hi, John. Sorry to introduce you. Welcome, I'm John, John Fairbanks. For all of our listeners out there. I'm yeah, Tyler. Like... I'm the one who talks too much. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, get in the Facebook group. Links in the description. And you can make sure you follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast. Follow me at Tyler F. And Stone. And you can find John over there at JBanksFL on Instagram. There's also we have gymownersrevolution.com. We have the Gear Academy. We do, we do coach gyms that we work with directly year-round, making good gyms better, making great gyms greater, making awesome gyms significantly awesomer so um this week we're gonna get started we do a lot of outreach to gym owners one for market research right we go out there and we talk to a lot of gym owners directly we message them directly we have uh also go through and we research it run through their social media and do a lot of background we also then send out surveys to get data figure out what's what gym owners need what they need in each market and sometimes we come across some conversations that are alarming how far behind some gyms are then sometimes we see, we are really, really surprised. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of stuff we see when we kind of run through it like a quick audit, right? And that's what we're going to get into today. Um, the first one, John, you had we, – we, reach, we reached out to a spot the other day amongst many, many others just saying, hey, we've, we do a handful of different things here. We have a bunch of resources. Like if you're interested in us sending you something for free – because we have stuff on subject A, subject B, subject C, subject D, and I guess if you're if you get if you're listening and you're interested in some shoot us a message, you know if you're interested in I mean what are the what are the main I mean because we have some content built and strategies built for this that we as we do some outreach we'll give one of these away to anybody who kind of asks what what are what is that list John right now we it came from because we did like you said we surveyed for, for three or four months we just hit the pavement really hard and wanted to survey just general gyms of like hey tell us what you're working on let it be totally anonymous totally anonymous we don't want it we're not hitting you up we're not mining shit we're not trying to sell anything it was truly just like we know what we see with the people we're helping now but let's talk like just generally and so when we did that we we found that folks were either struggling with trying to get new programs launched either they they were struggling with social media they needed help with whether it was referrals or testimonials or um we love google reviews we talk about it a lot um, hiring was super, super popular. And then I saw a lot of times, depending on how long a gym was in um, business for, sometimes they got even more niche down where it was, I'm trying to remove myself or like supplements. I want to bring in this new thing. So that was kind of, that was the gamut. So that's what we decided to build where it was just like, all right, well, we already have a, a number of these things built out for the gyms that we work with directly, but there needs to be where if we got all this information essentially for free because people were just kind enough to answer a DM and then fill out like a five question survey, it's an easy give back for us where it truly is trying to be able to help because eventually if you want to do business with us, then that's the tits. And we would love to be able to work with you because everything gels and it's there. Otherwise you're just not going who the fuck is going to immediately do business with someone be just cold deep. Like that just isn't going to happen. So for us, it's like, then there is no attempt to do that. And that's what we're seeing is so shitty in the industry where everyone's hip to that. 
everyone's hip mm-hmm. to somebody trying to just sell you, get you on a sales call. And for us, it just is like, how about we say like, fuck that, don't do that. And we'll, like, we'll just try to actually help you first. And if you dig it and it's helpful, then we want to continue to do business because you actually want to do business opposed to being bullied. And these motherfuckers that we ran into were super <laughs> we were we were God damn it. They were Man, super there was some, about it. There was some uppity bitch gym owners out there in the world. It's fucking nuts, dude. And so anyway, anyways, not you, y'all listening, y'all good. But um but yeah, we got a reply back from one that was just like, you need to do more research on the gyms you're reaching out to. We don't need your fucking help. And it's like, all right, okay. Step one, be like, I guess I, I mean, I could publicly fucking dismantle your bullshit like on this platform with some screw going through all of your shit pretty thoroughly, but I won't, nor do I care to, right? But don't count my world up first off. But the interesting thing is, so we did, we go through, and this is Jim, by the way, social media looks pretty clean, facility looks mm-hmm. nice. John and I don't come in and go, like, your gym fucking blows, dude. We need to make it better. That ain't how it is. No. It's like, whatever yeah. you're doing, do you want, we, these are the, it's like areas for improvement. If you're sitting back, oh, my shit's popping, and like, you're not thinking for a moment, like, all right, triage what are the things that need to be better i should narrow mm-hmm. down there should be one angle maybe two that you're able you wanting to push forward at any point in your business it is madness to just be like no and by the way i don't care if you hire us or not but the comeback at me like that is nuts all you had to do is not respond to this is what i do when people pop in solicit and what i say is is nothing you fucking right. dumbass it's right crazy so anyway what but but then we start going through the stuff right well, now you've tempted me and for a gym that has all their shit together, all of it to the point where they have no help. By the way, John, we offer, it's just a handful of things, right? Is it hiring? Is it just getting your Google reviews up? Just a couple simple processes to, to boost some of these things up. Yep. Um, social media strategies. Uh, anyways, we go through for a gym that has their complete shit together. They have like less than 50 fucking Google reviews in like a major market, a major market, which in a absolutely tiny market, I've got gyms here that have double that, double that. We have gyms that have more Google reviews than their operating current client base. You know, we have gyms that run that because of their drop-ins and stuff like that. We got gyms with like over a hundred Google. And by the way, Google reviews aren't some fucking be all and end all. But like, if you're ever in a spot worried about leads or worried about the initial impression people have in your business, it does definitely matter when that is the front, that is the front line when someone finds your business. It really is. And so, but anyways, we're learning, it's like this fucking, all right, dude, then definitely not. And you definitely, if that's your tone, man, yeah, you can get bent, bread, get bent, man. That sucks. That definitely sucks, but it's what it is. You, 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 you cast a wide enough net. You're going to catch some crabs, man. <laughs> and that dude's got him. So he's got him, but we want to help you, not the people. That suck because you don't so but that's the first one for us right for for a gym even a gym that's doing good that coaches well whose clients get good results who is maybe you're profitable whatever it is if by the way if you're profitable and you're not like hey i need to figure out how to make this more efficient how to be more productive for the time and how to help more people for the same amount of inputs on my end you are limiting the impact that you're going to have on yourself financially and in your community mm-hmm and the amount of lives you can help. That's what it is right there. So if you're not actively trying to improve these things, then you need to do some fucking research on your business and where it's going to be in five or 10 years if you just stay stagnant. Because a business that is not growing, not just in the flow of clients and impact and money and revenue and growth, if you're not growing in that, that's already a problem. But if you're also not building layers of processes and preparation for next phase and next phase, if that's not constantly happening, a business that is not growing is dying. A business that stays the same is dying. And that's a big, big, big problem. And, and I'm going to say, too, is a, a big piece of this, everything that you just described, right? If you're listening to that, it can sound like layers and layers and more complexity, right? Com- getting things becoming larger, more complex, more robust. And the what I would challenge is, is that the actual work that gets done, the stuff that we do is you simplify. The issue is I guarantee you from the day that you opened your gym to wherever you are now, right? Assuming you've been in business for longer than a year is you have been slowly adding shit, just adding and adding and adding and adding. And what ends up happening is that as you add more, 
you have introduced so many more variables and complexity to your business and to your day to day that it will eventually start to get away from you or you will begin to have blind spots that you don't mm -hmm. see. And what we do is we simplify that process. We simplify every aspect of the business. This is where it's like, when we say how many Google reviews that fuckwad had, right? It's, it's not about the reviews. Like what we see in that number, it's like the tip of the iceberg that's above the water. Yeah. The other 90% that's under the water, that number oftentimes can tell us a lot more about a business because it's how simple are we breaking things down and what are we handling through our systems and through those processes? How simple are you allowing the business to operate? Yeah. Because if you don't, otherwise you just continue, like you have online programs and courses and, and this and that and this. And all of a sudden it's like so many things are misaligned that you end up just doing a lot of work and all of, eventually something comes off the rails and you don't know yeah. how to be able to diagnose it. And if I, and if you're worried about getting new members, I don't know what to tell you, man, I'm popping on some drunk with fifth dude. There's fucking bad restaurants that have more than 55 star reviews. Dude. I, I, there's an amount that like, if you're at, if you, by the way, if you're out there right now and you're at 50, no matter how many members you have, if you have less than 50 members, you should have more than 50 Google reviews. If you've been open for long because than of a month, churn, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's insane. So then you look at like how someone's going to find their search. So this is where we started Google reviews, right? It's the easiest thing. If you even if you have a lot of them, you should have more. If you have a lot of them and you do not have a systemized plan with whatever deliverables, QR codes built up in your thing, you need to have it built into your email list. You need to have things on your wall in your fucking bathrooms. Every person needs to be hit up for a Google review everybody often and not in a pressured way they should just if you're having a five-star experience man we'd love to hear it your staff mm -hmm. should be talking about it by the way you should be going through your google stuff and by the way, if you only got 50 it should be pretty clear in your head when you're walking around your gym talking to clients and your coaches are who hasn't left you a five-star review mm -hmm. it's easier to do that you should know everybody that has one because you have so few fool right so at that point Everybody, like, hey man, like I, so the guys that I know, if I need five star reviews, the guys that I coach on a regular basis, I'm just gonna tell them, <laughs> like, like, what are you, what are you doing, dude? Like, in a good, fun, playful way, it's like, dude, I need this. Get on there, go. Like, here, take my phone. Like, let's go. Let me see your phone. Let's do this, right? Like, you can be a real ass dude about it, yeah. but you gotta have more than that. That's crazy. It's insane to think that your shit is all together and you can't even get fifty people to say that they pub to say outwardly technically anonymously that they like enjoyed doing business with you. Yeah. Sweetheart. It, it, That's crazy. It, and so, so Google reviews are a big one. You got to get it because then downstream from there, that's the starting point. If you can't ask for those and can't harvest a ton of those, then you're not really going to be, that's that you need to do that before you're doing a part that we need to plug in for say your social media, which we'll get to next. Yep. which is making sure that your social media speaks to client results and speaks from the client's perspective often doesn't have to exclusively speak from their perspective, but it, but it needs to show results and explain the process from the client's perspective, not just you as a gym owner, tell them how smart you are and apparently how brilliant you are at business or whatever it is that you're so good at that we couldn't see from looking through things. So we should do more research, but <clears throat> To go through that for your social media, you can't just jump to making a very testimonial focused social media strategy, which you weren't, by the way. I don't believe that one was necessarily. It wasn't missing a ton. It wasn't terrible. The social media was good and clean, but it's right. not a ton and ton and ton of testimonial focus, which is kind of what clients do need to hear, by the way. I don't give a shit what a restaurant says about their food. That takes about, that's about 10%, 15% of my the word of the of the value that i give in the overall perception of that restaurant the rest is going to come from the people fucking eating it dude right. and so at that point i need to so so to to say be abandoning or or neglecting the google review strategy assuming that you're jumping over and still covering the social media base you're usually not or, or it's a misplaced priorities so you start with google google reviews you can use those words right to put testimonials on social media. And then from there, you can level up your social media by saying, if I, if you want something more complex, maybe in six months, eight months, you hit up people for a testimonial um, or some feedback forum. Mm -hmm. That's a form that's basically a 
testimonial and a feedback form kind of dis disguised together, blended together. It doesn't just go to Google. Then you're going to use that one for quality control um, with staffing, your products and all that other stuff. And two, to then start to piece together and identify good testimonials to use. Again, it's a kind of, a, it's, we use it, we call it our like just testimonial play 2.0, which is an important right. piece to have in your business. Then you integrate that into your system. It's great. Overall, when we go through an audit gyms globally, um, most social media is pretty bad. It doesn't need to be great. That's my thing. It doesn't need to be great in the um, content side of things. I think people think when I have a good social media strategy that I am a just a high-level content creator and that everything needs to be crisp. And, and while I, I like that stuff, like that stuff's cool, I'm, I'm with it. What I see is just bad across the board. And oftentimes people that have good content have a bad content strategy. They're just making good high-level – there's good photos – Right. And there is good videos and it's not about anything that matters to anybody. And it's still just people working out, bro. You're just showing people working out and you're not, you're not speaking to their experience or their wants or their needs or short-term, their long-term, or even laying out what the experience is like from someone when, for someone when they decide to come in with you and what their process is like, you should be able, you should just simply be mapping that out externally via content. You should be telling that story exactly. through all of your other customers or, Whatever you can do, like that needs to, people need to understand what is going to happen to them when they join your gym. It's not that you just go and you get to be among this group of exercisers exercising, or you get to just be in this space where exercise is happening. That's not what it is, man. Well, that's not what people are paying for. The story analogy is very good, right? Because you are telling a story. Everything that you do, right? You're going to tell a story or you're going to help a client either finish their story where they get stuck at a roadblock. And it's like, dude, that's not where your story ends. We can take you here. And that ends up becoming part of your sales process. So this story aspect of it is really important where you are majority, 98% of you, after having reviewed so many social media accounts is 98% of you are telling a story about exercisers that exercise at your gym. You're telling that story beautifully. It's, it's very clear that that's what people do at your spot. And how many compelling films, movies, or TV shows, John, have you seen where the real moving emotional connection throughout the whole thing, the story arc is man wants to become exerciser becomes exerciser, then exercises, and then continues to be exerciser. That's a Tyler. fucking shitty story that nobody, by the way, but I see that story on all your motherfucking social medias. It's just exercisers exercising, man. Here's Crazy. the brutal truth. You've done enough video, Tyler. You've done right. enough projects for people where you've put together really, really slick, like little mini docu type mentoring mm -hmm. things. Mini documentaries. Or, I've done yeah, been thousands of way short form, just highlight real stuff, which is, Highlight reels is the best we're getting out of most of these people. Right. But I would challenge that shots of people exercising in a gym. Go ahead. Is what? B-roll. B-roll. That's exactly what it is. That's so the first that's thing that I do when I go to a gym. By the, way, by the way, you guys are doing on that subject. I've done this before. We've completely redesigned Jim's website. B-roll, smiling faces, smiling face, exercises, stuff is great in one half to two second clips, bump one half to two second per piece bumped together. That's okay for some highlight stuff to exist on social media every once in a while, but that is straight fucking B-roll. That's B-roll footage. You want to, by the way, for your website, it's great, right? You can't tell a story in, in this little thing. So if you're going to have an icon that's someone doing a thing, John, I laid out an entire website that was that. It was like, here's your strengths and stuff. And there's a six second highlight of people just doing that because you can't tell a larger story in six seconds. But it's fucking B-roll, dude, which means that you got to view that stuff as filler. It's not the message. It's not your ask. It's not telling a larger story. It's just filler, which is okay. Again, one of the main functions of your social media is to give people a lens into what happens when they go in the gym. What does it look like? Here's what it is. Here's the types of, that's okay. But that is not selling. It's just not. It absolutely is not. And so, but, but so, so your social media stuff, so you, listen, there's a lot of ways to go about it. Have a plan, be accountable to it. We go through all sorts of stuff when we work with gym owners on what their social media can be, what it should be, and your time and resources, man. If you're DIYing it, I don't blame you if your social media is not awesome. So let's make sure the inputs that you're putting in, that the juice is worth the squeeze, right? We don't want you to work 10 times as hard right now at it because it just may not be 10 times better.
No, and it has become a challenge, right? Of looking at it, is it quality? It is how you're making it actually ends up becoming less important to what you're making. Mm -hmm. And this is where we want to drill in. And that's where we start to look where it's like, all right, you, you, you post all the time. Hey, great. You're better than 60% of whoever's out there. But now if we really want to get good at it, it's what is being posted? What are the things you're focusing on? That's why the, the testimonial piece, again, it's not just about the testimonials, right? There's so many other pieces where it's, if you're getting those testimonials, then that can be turned into another piece of content that actually is the right what. And that, it takes me kind of maybe to the next topic, which is where we see personal training and how people are, are working with helping their personal trainers get business. If you don't have, you know what I mean? If you are not highlighting your personal trainers that you have personal training, it all kind of social media ends up regrettably being the tip of our digital sphere or spear, right? The tip of the spear online, but it's just going to hopefully be magnifying the conversations and all of the things that you've set up in gym, because that's actually where most of the goddamn conversations are happening on a daily basis are people that are physically in your spot. Because people don't really go that deep into your social media. Like when, if they don't know, if they're not already doing business with you, what they're searching for when they scroll through your Instagram or Facebook account is an initial impression. And they're going to simplify that impression. So if 90% of what they see is group fitness, group fitnessing, or if you're a 24-hour gym, it's just kind of standard stuff, you know, either sales stuff or equipment or just exercising happening, right? Or in the case of a lot of, of a lot of 24-hour spots, what they're going to see is fucking nothing. Um, but... What they see the most of is what they think you do. That's it. It's true. So, so <laughs> it, they're just going to go, even if you say personal training once every 40 posts, one, it may not get that far down your feed. Two, it's such an afterthought. Or again, if what if all of your photos are of fit people fitnessing and you don't have anybody and, you, and you're wondering why you can't get new people and there's an abundance of people needing to make big change in your community with big weight to lose and who are ready. And you're like, not showing any normal people as a part of the normal person fitness journey. And a normal person sees your shit and goes, I'm not one of them. I'm not there. That doesn't work for me. Then they're out. They're out immediately based on just that. Cause they don't, they can't see themselves in that spot, which means simply does your content feature the people that you're trying to target at all. Right. If, if I'm sorry, I've said this a million times, but if you're only posting pictures of people with like 6% body fat who've just been, who've been training for 15 years, who, by the way, don't look any better than they did 10 years ago, but they're hanging on good and they work real hard, that doesn't appeal to the 80% of the population that has 20 or more pounds to lose. If not higher. And I'm fine if you're niche down to the point where where then great you got your target market and and you're full you're flush great I'm I'm cool with that if that's if that's the vibe of your gym man I get it. But like if you're trying to grow and you're wondering why you can't grow and you you truly care and want to help people in your community and your your coaches want to make improvements, not just sit around in a place and jabber jaw with fucking fit people, right? Like then you need to you need to paint a picture for those people and you're only going to get first impression. So my first impression when you go through a lot of these gyms is what do they do? Post every four to six weeks, <laughs> uh, something mostly uninteresting. They don't ever say anything about their prices or really what their products are or the, what people can do when the, ske the schedule is nice. To, like there's just tons of information. You need to inform them quickly and thoroughly and often and re redo it over and over and over again. And I just see so many people that like the first impression is bad. When I go through their social media, it doesn't say anything. It just is. And it's just, it's such a lost opportunity. I don't think that it is. How do I word this? I don't think that it is costing you business that you would otherwise. I don't think it's, it's not running people away. There's not people seeing a lot of your, even when John and I identify as a, a bad or bad isn't even the word. What's the word? Just poorly executed, inefficient, inefficient yes. social media at any capacity. If you're posting once a month and it sucks, it's still inefficient, right? Mm -hmm. If you're posting 10, 20 times a week and it's not producing, it still is inefficient. So but when we go through this stuff, like all I want to see is that that first impression, I don't think it's making people go, fuck these guys, right? When they see your gym, I don't think they're doing that. If none of you guys are that bad, right? Not you guys. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of missed opportunities. So you're not driving people away. You're just not attracting people. You're, you're doing, you're just not, you need to be a beacon 
there needs to be a spot where people go, man, I, I'm ready to do it. What are my options? Right. Put yourself in that fucking shoes. I'm ready. All right. I let it skid for a few years. I need to get back in the gym or I need to start doing something. What are my options? What am I going to do? What does that person think when they live in your area? What do they think? What are the places that pop up? What are the decisions that they need to make? And where does the first impressions of your business via Google? Y'all got 50 reviews. Everyone else around you has 300, 400, 500, 800, 200, 100. They all smoke you based on initial impression. Like, These motherfuckers even open? Right. right? Or, or what if your, your accounts are barely updated? Even worse. You don't have updated hours. You don't have good contact information. Like all of that stuff can start to like, make somebody's options that the, the shines the light on other options and kind of dims yours a little bit. Well, and which ultimately leads to, again, it is a, um, a symptom of a larger problem. So this is where it's not, it is usually not a surprise when we then hear that a gym has issues with hiring or issues with retaining coaches. Right. If you bleed coaches or you just don't get people or the people that you get aren't very good. Right. There is an element here where it's going to be like, well, how are you helping your coaches as a gym owner? How are you positioning your coaches to be able to make money so that they can feed themselves? Even for part timers, are you making it worth for them to show up? Assuming that they're just not like the world's best, just group coach. And they're so happy being a group coach and they don't really need anything else because it helps them not to put a gun in their mouth because they hate their job that they have. That's a nine to five, but it pays the bills. And you're not going to be able to do that for them right now because they just do group. And it's, that's we're great. That person's amazing. But the majority of other people, they want to actually make good money. So when it comes to personal training or small group, personal training or semi-private personal training, it is, that's how you get your people paid. And it is just low hanging fruit of improving the ratio of people that then want to work with your people and work with them as nothing will make your coaches happier than when they get personal training clients. We had a gym owner. They make real money. They make real money. Like it was, we had, we got a message the other day of one, one of the gyms that we're working on. And one of the things that they got to improve is actually filling the time of their personal trainers. They got to. And we got a message where it was one of the personal trainers was like, I got two clients today. Like you guys fucking rock. Like it just was like, and it's not anything that we didn't do anything. We didn't send out the messages. We didn't do the emails. We didn't do any of those pieces, but we helped them say, Hey guys, this is how easy this is. This is what you do. A, B, C, and D. They then did it. And then it worked because it works. And then, but if you never talk about it, then nothing will ever yeah. work. And the, again, all of this stuff, we, we, we lean very heavily lately on the, the ecosystem principle. We're creating an ecosystem of success. Listen, if you're just running group classes and these coaches are part-timers and they only can put in a few hours every couple days a week or something like this, it sweetens their free time that they're spending in this gym so much better. If they want, if they want to be personal trainers, like that's, it's fucking good fucking money, dude. It, it It's good money, often more than they're going to make out of a, just a group class. If they're coaching group classes, or if you're a gym that is, uh, you know, more 24 hour centric, it just makes you get so much more money out of each client. If you're a 24 hour spot running 50 to a hundred dollar, $120, you know, 24 hour memberships with maybe some other perks, you're, this is kind of low value clients compared to somebody who's doing personal training three times a week. They have just by definition, it's low value to the, it is, those are low value clients. Your base memberships are low. You're not low value in the grand scheme of things, but, but low value relative to what is possible within your business. And if you want high, your high, all of a sudden when a gym can start to sell lots of personal training, their personal trainers are now required to be good. We'll go further into some of that stuff, but we, we assume that you are, right? And then all of a sudden your business shifts and you're dealing with people you like working with who like are choosing to be happy about this thing. And they're not just waiting to abandon their commitment so that they can complain about the fact that they didn't get results or whatever. It happens in a lot of these other places where there's such a low barrier to entry and just anybody can get in and they kind of tentatively expect with making no investment financially, which then they softens their willingness to invest, to support their own financial investment, to invest things like effort in the kitchen, discipline, effort in the gym, commitment, showing up frequently. 
well, someone who pays you 150 to 300 bucks a week, depending on what you charge for personal training, like that person is in it to win it. Whether that money is disposable to them based on their income and financial situation or whether that money is really important to them. I have clients who pay me an amount of money per month that I would never fucking never pay a coach in any capacity. Why? Because mm-hmm. I don't have that kind of money. I just, you know what I mean? Like I'm, there's my priorities would never allow me to spend multiple thousands of dollars a month to coach for somebody to coach me. I just no. my wife would bite my goddamn head off. Right. She's like, you're smart. Just figure it out. But to somebody who has the resources and values their own time and wants to shorten their learning curve and goes, no, this, and this is the level of commitment I want for me, for my family. For, and that is important because those people want this to be a good experience. They will get better results. They will try harder. Um, but on one side of the coin, I have very, very wealthy people that pay a lot of money. I have people that make less money than me that pay that same amount of money Mm -hmm. to me. And it's like, okay, but what it is, it's commitment to them. It is commitment. And they all are bought in to to the same amount of money. And it just means more to some. But I'm telling you, in your business, the ones that we, when we start working with a gym owner, maybe who's struggling a little bit financially, they almost can't even believe what you can make with personal training. Like, ah, my people won't pay this. It's like, well, yeah, because you're only dealing with low value clients and you've been delivering, no offense, a low value product because it's whatever it is, that's what that's what's attracting them. And you're not even in the mindset of delivering an expensive, high value product. You don't think it works. And then once it starts working, your whole thing shifts. And there's a big cascading effect by being able to market this way, being able to let people's buying habits, budget, level of commitment one-on-one personal training, this expensive and premium, um, attracts an entirely different type of person to your gym. Mm-hmm. And if you and don't those have are the it, people, right? Those are the people you kind of want to do business with. There's yeah, a thing Hormozy says a lot, which is, you know, uh, what is it? Don't like poor, solving poor people's problems doesn't pay very well, right? Mm-hmm. So it's good to have some options out there for someone with a bigger budget to where you can deliver a real high value premium product because that pays better. And that can allow you, by the way, to deliver a lower value, financially, a lower value product that's more approachable. So you can still have opportunities out there for people with lower incomes. That's totally okay. But you still got to eat. And you ain't going to eat off of these poor people's plates, man. It ain't going to work. So have a premium product. Most gyms out there, I just think, I don't think everyone has to become a personal training studio. I don't think every gym out there needs to sell personal training. But the ones I know that want to sell personal training still can't sell it because they're just missing a lot of these front end pieces that we talked about. And and the truth will always be that people that pay more pay more attention. And if you are in the business of having people actually be successful, everything that you've just laid out, it is how successful do you think people are going to be that pay that premium price relative to them? Right. Whatever like it is, whatever that premium, whatever that goal is that they have, what do you think their client success ratio is going to be? And how driven do you think your coaches will be to fulfill that service when they have been paid a premium? So not only do you have the client success ratio essentially being padded because the client has said, yeah, I'm serious. I want to do this. I have a very specific goal and I'm willing to pay to get it. And then how successful and into it do you think your coaches will be? So you've just raised the level of opportunity for the client's success to be so high that now it truly starts to play a different game. And then you don't lose that coach. Mm -hmm. You don't lose your people. But if you're only allowing your people to make 40% of every dollar that they make, if they're walking away with 40 cents on the dollar, you are – just keeping people right in their place. And there's a lot of folks that are out there and a lot of organ um, consultants that are out there that want you to keep your coaches at $15 an hour. They want to keep your coaches no matter what service they do. And they want to keep, because you're running a business and you're going to try and you're going to drive up the overall value of the business because eventually somebody's going to want to buy it or you're going to want to sell it. That isn't our game. Our game is foundationally built on the rock that is client success and everything we've just laid out just in this personal training example allows you to fulfill on that to such a high degree that it truly starts to change the game. Cause this is how you start to look at everything. Yeah. So now downstream of that, we have hiring, 
staffing because are always struggling with the staffing thing. And this is a part of it, right? One, getting people in. I told the Shamu story on here, right? Yeah. So, so I'm not going to run that one again. It's also not mine. So I can't be, if I claim it twice, people start to think it's my story, but I can't. That was Sky. Props to Sky. That's a good one. I use, I use that conversationally all the fucking time. Um, But the, the thing to extract from that story is if you think an awesome coach is just sitting around, not coaching and has nothing to do this week and is unemployed completely, but is a great coach. And somehow that's not a fucking red flag. Right. And is just going to walk in your door because you put an ad in the paper or put, took an ad out in, in indeed or whatever. Like, do you really think that that exists out in the world? The answer is fuck no. Listen, the best thing that could possibly happen to you would be somebody moves from a different town due to a spouse's job and they land within a mile of your gym and they have all these references and their social media is chock full of them and their coaching. And they've been an independent personal trainer and they'd like to come in and, work with you with your clients in your gym and you guys can come great but that that is so fucking rare so fucking rare and even in a major market that's very rare because then it's extremely competitive because they they if they don't understand the value and leverage they have at that point by coming by the way with nothing but a skill set and a background and availability if they don't understand the amount of leverage and power they have at that moment that's such a red flag that they might just be really stupid, right? <laughs> so, so what I'm telling you with this is those coaches, you need to assume that they don't exist. So if you're trying to hire a coach, just know, stop trying to hire yourself. Stop trying to hire someone who has all the skills that you have, completely agrees with everything in your training methodology and has all the certifications that they need right now or whatever, or certifications you think they need, even worse, okay? Because they don't. They don't need them. They can come in, most likely can just come in and coach whatever version of coaching that they do. At the very least, it's an insurance requirement that they have a level one if they're teaching CrossFit classes or or maybe a NASM or one of the other arbitrary box checking certifications if they are doing personal training. Otherwise, then make them carry their own fucking insurance until they do or pay to help them get their certification. Y'all don't understand how much money gets put into training employees and getting employees certified to be a, a fucking help plumbers helper you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it's just it's just there's a thing that gym owners get to where it's like every little step in developing talent is some impossible barrier and it's fucking really frustrating because we just expect people to already be great you guys are going to learn the lesson in the fitness industry that all of the other trades have learned right and the fitness and it really is i think being a coach is a trade not unlike being a carpenter or being an electrician being an hvac guy or a plumber you got to get the time. You're going to suck right away. You don't even know what's what, but you can be useful. You can get some stuff done. You need some guidance. We can narrow up the scope with which you're working with people, the, the, the amount of risk that we're exposing our client base to due to your newness, right? And then at that point, we then from there, we start to work with you and develop you and grow you as quickly as possible. But it's on the system that you're in and the staff that's around you and the employee, the staff development program that you've built. And by pro, I mean, it sounds like something formal, but it's not. It should be eventually. But can you develop staff into somebody that's useful and can help your clients and represent your brand well without having to fast track them to 10 years of knowledge in no time and then judge them and be mad because they can't coach at that level right away. They don't have that level of understanding. Narrow the shit up. If you can't do that, you don't have anything. You won't have anything no matter who you get because you're never going to hire someone with 10, 12, 15 years. These other building trades, these other trades, it's over. It's, I have, I haven't been in, which I've been out of business for fucking almost 11 years now. I've been out. I promise you I, I would come back and be so high paid Right now, I could work at any spot and I could name your price and I could name my terms. I could set up a non-traditional arrangement where, yeah, I don't care what you really need. I want to work Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I want to be off 3 p.m. and I kind of don't care. And I need to be paid $35 an hour plus this, 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 and this. And I'm going to take a vehicle home and then da, 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 da. Right? That all can be demanded. Why? Because I have the skill set and nobody else does. Nobody's walking in your door with 12, 15 years of experience. He's like, yeah, I got some free time. Because everyone's clamoring to pay that person. The issue is with the with the trades having 
work with a lot of dudes that are still blue collar guys and now are owners of those organizations or those companies is that they often say, well, the folks that are coming in that don't have the experience, but they do have all the accreditations are sometimes some of the worst motherfuckers to deal with because they already feel like they've arrived. They already think that they should make a certain amount of money and they already know. Just described my entire last pitch. <laughs> Fuck. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 there's a difference. Have, no, you have 12 to 15 years of experience that's under true. your belt. That's the outline. Not just a certification. Exactly. This is what's tough for a lot of those kids that are going through their physiology and kinesiology degree they get hot out of college they come in to want to be a trainer and then it's like great bitch you get paid 18 dollars an hour because you have no experience you don't know how we do it here and it's not just unique to gyms it also mm -hmm. is it's super similar in all those trades because it's like great i know you think you should be making six figures but you won't because i now have to unteach you everything that you think you know because you are book smart you're yeah. school smart you're a classroom smart. And we know all of you know what this looks like on the coaching side where it's like, it's the idea of like, no, 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 no. We yeah. need to get in and actually put our hands on and work and interact with real humans and be a decent human. But all of those pieces get built in. And just like you said, so then when it, when it comes to hiring, I want to give a, a, a nugget, a golden nugget for all of you to take in the hiring process. If you are someone that finds yourself where you are saying, there's no one available, no one wants to work. I cannot describe what bullshit that is. It's you're not looking and you're using that as an excuse because if you and whoever else you network with all sing that same song, it's because you all are being fucking lazy and you're actually not looking. You're just saying, oh, well, everyone says no one wants to work because when I drive downtown, Wendy's and cookout and McDonald's and every other the fucking bank. They all say now hiring and no one can find employees get fucked. If you spend 80 to $200 one time on indeed or a similar job, you will be so fucking inundated with resumes that you will drown. You will panically try and turn it off as fast as you can because you have too many. How many do we get? Um, we helped the gym with this, set this up. What's the population say within two mile radius of that spot we did up north? That get was inundated with them as well. What are we talking? Oh Forty thousand people total, right? Maybe. Sure. Sure. Call it thirty. Yeah. Small town, right? Bigger than my town, but small town, right? <laughs> and and I mean, like it was like hundred, hundred some. Mm -hmm. Tons. And so people willing to travel so because it's it's semi part time like you're not needing to uproot someone's entire so there's a lot a lot to where screening them's an issue but then at some point it, it is it is it is you're gonna pick your horses and then we're gonna start working with them that's now, it let me help go ahead yeah let me help you with how you screen them because that is that was the immediate next problem is great oh awesome John now I have a hundred or I have 85 fucking resumes to go through. And now this is what me and my GM are going to be doing for the next two weeks. No, you're not. You are going to look and you are going to parse through your warm, hot list that needs to be called right now. And then you're going to have your other list when those everyone doesn't work out in that list. You are going to see who was a college athlete. Who, whatever was a college athlete in your big stack of fucking overwhelming resumes that you've now gotten, whoever's a college athlete is who you call first. Period, hard stop. Because we all know, if you're listening and you were a college athlete, you know what it takes to fucking do that gig. And the reality is, is that that is consistent and will forever be consistent. So that needs to be a different, a different, a, uh, a factor that allows these people to rise to the top. And those are who you reach out to Yeah, because you can roll the dice on someone that was a yoga instructor or whatever. And then I, we were talking to a gym owner the other day that had, a, they were doing a mentoring deal in the high school and a kid goes, if I'm going to fill out a resume um, to work at your spot, um, should I include my dairy queen experience? That is a real question from probably a 17 or 18 year old. But if they're a 21 year old, they didn't go to college. They're probably also going to include their fucking fast food experience mm -hmm. on the goddamn resume. And guess what, everyone? 
that's not fucking relevant to your goddamn <laughs> employment yeah. opportunity for them. So this is where it's cut through that bullshit and immediately yeah. just go after those college athletes because now there are so many intangibles that that's yeah. the guy you want an athlete to be there. It also means they've trained for four plus years, probably was in good shape before then. It probably means they don't look like shit yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It means they've kept something going. There's, there's a lot of the intangibles are the big thing. Work ethic showing up. By the way, there's a diversity that come of the work that happens of physical effort that happens in college sports, regardless of what it, your sport is, you are lifting weights. You are at some point working some sort of speed and you will have done it with enough variation for a long time to where you can't train like that. Even if you're coached for four years, probably six, seven, eight, if you were doing it in high school, high school, right to, you can't even train for four to eight years and not know not have learned anything about how to just do those things. So maybe they don't know all the programs. You're like, but that's not what it is. Can they talk to people? Are they comfortable enough in the weight room? Do they look the part? Can they make sure someone's not getting hurt? And can you just help someone today who doesn't know shit? Because again, you don't need to know everything. You just need to know more than the person you're coaching and enough to make yep. sure you see a little bit further down the road. So you don't lead them into any traps. So let's keep moving here on this one. Hiring staffing, just fucking start, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Yep. Just go give it a try. Put out an ad, see what happens. Put someone in the place. You don't have to pay them a full-time salary right This should cost you this should cost you nothing. Because you should be able to bring them in, sell them. You should be able to sell immediately to their thing. And you can kind of coach with them. And you're not paying for any really any hours that are not productive. They're gonna essentially be on a commission based, only working on scheduled hours. That's pretty easy. Pre-scheduled, pre-sold hours. So we're gonna move on from that. Um, the, the next one we're going to do kind of covers a few things, but I think this is John, this is the thing I see most common out of all gyms, more than inefficient social media, ineffective social media, more than bad, not enough Google reviews, um, more than being bad at coaches at selling personal training. You're not using your email list. Most of you for sure. Not enough, not enough. And if you're just using it for a monthly newsletter, great. But can you, there needs to be more frequency. I'm not going this right now. Let me let me just show you real quick. Look, I gotta make sure there's nothing, nothing questionable in here. Yeah, you're good. Look, I'm just kidding. Look, but look, look at all the emails I am not answering at all. Right? Just get used to that, right? If if I go through and it's not a person that I know or a thing that I am already briefed on that I need to see, I'm not fucking opening it. Just not. So it's okay, guys. You, the amount of gym owners that goes, like, I don't want to be sending stuff. I, I don't want to just be blowing them up. I don't want to blow up people's spot. I'm not going to send you a bunch of emails. I'm not going to spam a bunch. Of, it's like, listen, everybody's sending a bunch of emails out. You don't need to send your people stuff four or five days a week, but they need information. And downstream from that is how you have all your internal sales opportunities, which is where you can start to then make more. You want to launch a new program? You better have people opening your emails better have people used to seeing your stuff in their inbox right knowing that sometimes there's something valuable in there or the, then you can send an email and then remind people when they come in hey guys make sure you check your emails today we got this thing about this thing kind of a double layer of informing them about it and that's i think i think it's the most underused thing listen is is crafting a master email sequence that's you know day one on someone's thing day three then the request is that take some time yeah but then just start, just use it manually on the fly. And then you can create a thing manually. You can know where you want it to fit into the master sequence. And then you go back in and program it in. So, hey, now when someone signs up, they get this email, the one I only had to write once about this product or whatever at week one or week two or day 100, class 100 or whatever that is. But that is a huge opportunity that you guys are leaving off the table, which we'll just touch on the downstream of that. So many gyms start selling supplements and they either go way too pushy with it, mm -hmm. kind of the way the god-awful sales pitches that come down from some of these other gym consultants do that just force their supplement brand down your down their business's throats and then say, sell it this way, here's your fucking slide. You know, it's rough. But you need to still provide effort in selling your stuff if you're going to sell it ethically, even if you're not going to do a bunch of shitty, shady supplements, like just really the shit that I don't like, which is subs, this fat burners, this, all the types of things that I don't particularly believe in. You still need to be asking. 
because you can't just put putting them on your shelves and talking about it once or twice will work a little bit until it doesn't. And then they're just on the shelf. And all the revenue that you're going to make of it, the amount of people then that will just be buying their own supplements somewhere or online, it's going to continue to go up. And that's money that they would probably prefer to spend with you. But mm -hmm. you look like you're not interested in it. You're just collecting dust back there and you ignore them on their way out the door. You're spending no effort on supplement sales. All that takes emails consistently, something about it, just something doesn't even need to be offers, just something. Hey, here's a reminder. And then some conversations and maybe some uh, visual aids up within the gym. Having email be ramped into just being a normal process for your members becomes so important. And let's just like, let's take away any type of sales just for, for safety and general information. Right. I cannot tell you it's how often do you have where if you're not utilizing this, where it's like the gym's going to be closed. We have weather, we have whatever, we have something going on, gym's closed. And people go, hey, man, I didn't know the gym was going to be closed. Like I showed up and the doors were locked. Yeah. If and just people, posting well, on Instagram that your gym's well, closed, well, well, we that, that, that's all people do. It's like, bitch, half your, half, a lot of your people ain't on Facebook or they ain't checking it. Well, and it's very relevant to the age of your population. Right. So the reality is, is that it's if you're dealing with people that are over the age of 40 or 45, they're not just and Facebook's not built to make sure you can get information quickly. So email or text messaging. Let's say that, Tyler, if I really wanted to lump those two yeah, together. Yeah. Uh, and that usually takes yeah, a text. Next, text next is extremely level. underutilized because it's almost whole never others. Yeah. But it's like those two pieces of immediate information <clears throat> right into the hands and the pockets of the people that want to hear from you. That is your number one and the problem, just like you said, the most undervalued and underused aspect. And again, it doesn't even have to be for sales. And it can't just all of a sudden start getting used for sales only. That yeah. is where the mistake happens. That is where the perception of your people begin like, Man, they're super pushy all of a sudden. Or how can we only ever like you only ever hear from them about selling this or buying this? Where you want it to be, you need to have have general information that's going to go out. My one word of caution is as you start to ramp this up, you hear this, you you are you want to grab the bull by the horns, you want to go after it, and you want to start just sending out general info. One topic per email. One. Do not drown your people out with a fucking blog post that hits every gamut of whatever you were thinking about for this week, because whatever is sitting that probably is important. It's why you included it. But if it is below the fold, right below that one scroll of whatever was on that screen initially, they're not going to read it. And if they open it and it is just a whole block of text, people would be like, right back oh, out. I'm not reading this. This is too yeah. much. So keep it simple keep it focused yeah all right guys we got a scoot today let's rock and roll you guys uh out there take care of some of these low-hanging fruit we have quite okay we forgot to we got to wrap this up with this other bit right we talked about the things that we are offering that we can send you out for free a little kind of step-by-step -step guide if you want one of them shoot us a message um in the probably the gym owners podcast one we want this one to come down the official pipe so yeah. at the gym owners podcast instagram shoot us a message and we'll kind of run you through the four or five a b c d the four to F. Oh shit. All right. John's been very yeah. productive. Either F or G. Yeah. A, a to G. Oh, a, all right. things. So so we'll give you the list of some of these things where like, you know, what is the lowest hanging fruit? What is the one thing you maybe would like some like some step-by-step -step things so you can shore this thing up? No matter how great or brilliant your business is, no matter that we apparently need to do more research on. And if us offering you this stuff for free. We're going to only pick one because we can't give out five of them to everybody because we do end up selling some of these. But we'll offer you one of these for free for being a G for listening to the podcast. If our offer of that to you offends you to the point where you need to slide back in our DMs and talk shit, just um, fight me <laughs> and, do your fuck, and do your fucking research before you commit to that, please. So that's all I have to say about that. Get on board or get fucked. Here we go, guys. Go to follow me at Tyler F. Stone on Instagram. Follow John at JBanksFL. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. We'll see you next week.